Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Tar Heel Prescription, a student-run podcast here at the UNC School of Medicine. My name is Anu, and I am a second-year medical student and one of your co-hosts today. My name is Peter. I'm also a second-year medical student and your other co-host for today. We are so excited to bring you a new twist to our Navigating Medicine series. Third-year rotations are a critical component of medical training and ultimately shape medical students' final decisions for their future specialty. At UNC, these rotations, which we refer to as application phase, are completed at one of six campuses across North Carolina. Today, we'll be talking about the one campus whose curriculum differs from the rest. We're incredibly fortunate to have two special guests who will be sharing their third-year experiences at Asheville with us today. Aaron, it's great to have you back. And Amir, welcome to the party. Thank you both so much for being here. If you would, please tell us a little more about yourselves and what you're up to right now. I guess I'll go first since they don't know me, but um, my name is Amir Feinberg. Um, I did my third year in Asheville. A little bit about myself. I grew up in North Carolina, spent my whole life here, went to college in Boston, did the Peace Corps after that, swore up and down I was going to go be an actor on Broadway, and now I'm in medical school. But, you know, life happens. Um, In medical school, I have been really involved in a lot of things. I'm currently the student body uh, president in student government, um, but I've been involved in student government this whole time. I'm one of the global health scholarly concentration people. Um, I volunteer a lot, but honestly, I've just loved being at UNC because they just give you all of that ability, that free time to just go and do the things that you're passionate about. I am planning on going into urology, and so I took a year off, actually, in between my third and fourth year. So I'm currently doing a research year, just trying to get more experience in research, understand urology as a field a little bit more before I start my rotations and then ultimately my application. So I've got a little bit of free time now, which is really nice. Hey, everyone. It's good to be back again. Uh, I'm Aaron Fox. I'm also a fourth year med student, and I am currently interviewing to match into emergency medicine residency, which is pretty nice as well because I've got a ton of free time, which is why I am happy to be back here again for the third time. I know you're probably tired of hearing my voice again at this point, but <laughs> they can't no quite get rid be. of me yet. No one would be tired uh, of you. I, I have a little bit more of a, a straight through trajectory, I, I would say, than Amir. I grew up in North Carolina as well, went to college in South Carolina, and then came back to med school in North Carolina, took no gap years, did the whole thing. So I'm just a, a grown man child in med school. Uh, <laughs> I am excited to match into emergency medicine. I think there's a ton of things that appeal to me about it. But I, I would say that my greatest accomplishment is uh, being Amir's roommate for three years. Uh, when you when you stand on the shoulders <laughs> yeah, of giants, you, you get a pretty good view. You know, I always laugh because Aaron is graduating med school at the like younger than I was when I started med school. And he's like, oh, God, I just have to go straight through and do that. I'm like, I took so much time off and I'm happy. I'm thrilled. But um, yeah, we did live together for three years and somehow we made it through. We made it through. <laughs> look at us now. Yeah, look at us now. Sitting in this room in this at this room moment. Together. You made yeah. it through Asheville together. Yes, Here y'all are. I and mean, that's super cool. Y'all were roommates in Asheville. Yeah. And like, you're here to talk to us about it. Yeah, we started off in, as roommates. I was still in the Peace Corps, and he messaged me saying, like, do you want to live together? I said, sure. It worked out really well. We made it through the pandemic, and then we moved to Asheville, and we really just worked together really well, and I was sad when we had to move away. I literally cried, but it's fine. I cried everything, so don't think you're special. We we broke up, but uh, we're still friends. <laughs> I was going to say, you made it through a lot of tough times together. We and did. then I was wondering, you're back. Like, is the tea going to start coming out now? We'll see. <laughs> Only time will tell. No, I just am lazy and I didn't want to have to move again after he left me. That's so, so valid. I was just like, I'm moving into my own place. That's why. 
we're delighted to have you both with us. And we're so excited to hear your wisdom about Asheville because both Peter and I are, are going to be going there actually next Yay. year. And Peter definitely knows way more than I do. I just, I'm one of those people who just switched from Central recently. So I'm really excited to learn from y'all and catch up and, and just figure figure out what I'm, what to look forward to. And in addition, like we remember how stressful it was to navigate this process of learning about the different campuses and, and ranking them last year. And honestly, making a decision about third year in the first year of medical school can be quite daunting, but more information will help with making an educated decision. So let's get started. As we mentioned, the academic curriculum at Asheville is completely different from the one that the Central, Wilmington, Greensboro, Charlotte, and Raleigh campuses follow. Can you give us a broad overview of the Asheville curriculum and what makes it different from the others? Yeah, I can uh, take this first question. I think as you know, traditional clinical medical education has gone, um, you have your, your blocks type of schedule where you'll do a rotation for a month, albeit, you know, OBGYN or psychiatry or internal medicine, you'll do that rotation every day for a set amount of time. You take the shelf exam at the end of that rotation and then you move on. Uh, Asheville approached it a little bit differently in that they have what's called the longitudinal integrated curriculum and it's still divided up into your inpatient and your outpatient portions. Uh, and your inpatient portion, it looks a little bit more like that traditional, albeit shorter chunks of time. You still do you know, a few weeks in internal medicine. You do a few weeks in psychiatry and so on and so forth. But what's really interesting is the outpatient segment of it is divided up longitudinally. So for instance, on Monday, I would go to my internal medicine clinic. On Tuesday, I would have psychiatry. On Wednesday, I would have family medicine. Thursday was peds and Friday was OBGYN. And I think what's really cool about that is you, you get to go to the same clinic every week over the course of eight months as opposed to just being there for one month and moving on. So not only is it like a longitudinal curriculum where you're learning this, this stuff through the entire year, you're also developing longitudinal relationships both with your preceptors uh, and your patients that'll come back, you know, and they schedule, you know, we're going to have you another appointment in four to six weeks. They do it on the same day of the week because that's the day that works for them. And you get to see them multiple times, which I think is really cool as opposed to just seeing a group of patients, you know, one group of 30 days and then never seeing them again. So for me, I think it helps grasp the concept of outpatient and get that continuity and that longitudinal um, approach with patient relationships, which is one of the reasons I feel that people are drawn to primary care and the outpatient clinic-based specialties, because that's a big highlight of it. So I like how Asheville actually gets to show that to you and what that would look like in your future. Before we get to the fun questions, let's break the medicine things down a little more. Starting with the logistics of the longitudinal curriculum at Asheville, can you walk us through how the year progresses from our very first day of TAP to our trimesters of rotations uh, to the day we take step two? Yeah, absolutely. So the really amazing thing about Asheville is that they want to just support you. They want to support you in every way possible. So the transition into application phase, most other campuses, actually all of them, I think it's just one week of orientation. But at Asheville, we get two weeks, which is really nice because not only does it help you really feel like you're prepared to start your rotations, but it also helps you just build that community starting off from the beginning because you moved from Central. You moved your entire life over. And so this group of, what, 35 students is now going to be your family for the year. And it's really great that they have that space for you to grow as a group. What they do for um, the students is they break us up into three different groups. So on central campus, you know, you have the students in HISC, the students in CSP, the students in CBLC. But for us, it's groups X, Y, and Z. 
And all that really means is like, when are you going to be doing your inpatient rotation? Are you going to be doing it your first trimester, your second trimester, or your last trimester? And we were both group Y, which meant that we had all of our outpatient longitudinal curriculum before we had our inpatient curriculum. So just to break it down, for me personally, you know, I started orientation, we had that for two weeks, and then moved straight into the outpatient. My schedule was pretty similar to Aaron. I had internal medicine on Monday, psych on Tuesday. I had peds on Wednesday. Thursday was my OB-GYN day, and Friday was my family medicine day. Um, you only have half days for the most part, and so you get the second half of the day off, which is really wonderful. You get that time to not only you know, explore Asheville, but study, <laughs> which is really important and something that you don't have a lot of time to do in um, other rotations. So you do that for, a, what is it, like 30 some weeks mm -hmm. for two trimesters, and then you move into the inpatient. Now, during this outpatient time, you also have to fit in some emergency medicine shifts. You have 25-hour emergency medicine shifts that you can throw in there. And then you also have some pediatric subspecialty days that you can throw in there. But also you can put in time to go shadow in a specialty that you're interested in. So for me, for example, urology was something I was really excited about. And starting in the first month, I was in the urology clinic and in the urology OR seeing what it was like to do that before I even had to rotate, which was really great. So then we move into my third trimester, I, we moved into the into the hospital, which was a big deal, not only because we had to um, be there for so many more hours than we were used to, but also because we had to start studying for shelf exams, because unlike other campuses, we self-schedule our shelf exams. And so most people put them towards the end of the trimester, or the end of the year, because you have more experience and you feel more prepared to take these exams. The downfall with being in group Y is that you have to take them while also being on inpatient. But honestly, it really like that's when you feel the most intelligent. You feel like you have the most knowledge at your fingertips because you're constantly doing the work and you're studying and you're doing it all all at the same time. And you just keep building and building and building until you take your last shelf exam at the end of February. And because you've been taking them all for the past three or four months, honestly, studying for step two just becomes so much easier. So I then went straight into studying for step two, took about three to four weeks, took step two, and then moved back to Chapel Hill. And, you know, I was someone who step one, I dreaded studying for step one. It gave me such anxiety. It was horrible. So I had originally planned to take both blocks one and two of indie phase to study for step two. I didn't need that. I needed way less time just because Asheville had prepared me so much through this uh, curriculum. Curriculum. Such a relief to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> it's nerve wracking though because you're taking all of these exams at the end, but it's amazing how much you'll learn over time, right? And the best part about this longitudinal curriculum, yes, you're getting to see these patients over a long period of time, but you're also getting to bring in the medicine that you learn in family medicine to your OB-GYN rotation and the things you learn in psych to your internal medicine rotation. I mean, it all goes together. It all is integrated. And so because you're doing them day after day after day, you're not just thinking, okay, now I'm in my psych mindset. I'm going to do this for a month and move on. 
you're constantly integrating things. And so when it comes to actually studying for your exams, it, everything just clicks better because you're used to doing that for the whole year. That's a really good point. Honestly, I didn't think about it like that. Yeah. Yeah. And for the sake of full transparency, um, when Amir and I originally found out that we were group Y and we were impatient at the end, we were livid. livid? We, 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 we thought that like <laughs> we, we were getting shafted. We were getting the short end of the stick. And I think in hindsight, that was much overblown because I think that there are pros and cons to each one. You know, at some points I was like, I wish I had more time to study for these shelves at the end. But a big part of it, too, is just as much as your shelf exam scores matter in terms of your grades, that's factored into a rubric that also incorporates evaluations from the hospital. And by the time that I had eight months of outpatient and had really had that time to learn it down, compared to maybe some of my other peers that had to start third year and go straight into the hospital, like I felt like a rock star. Uh, and the comments that I've gotten on my dean's letter from those rotations that were at the end of the year are still getting brought up, you know, every day in the interviews that I go to do. So I think that while it may not be the most favorable position to be from like a taking the shelf point of view, there are a lot of advantages. And no matter what group you're in, we all came out the other side okay. There wasn't a strong slant on who ended up with what grades, depending on at what point they were an inpatient. It all balances out at the end and you get the education and you get the scores and the study time that you need. Yeah, I truly, I, I think I remember walking into Mayhack. <laughs> I was so angry. I like walked into my advisor's room and I was like, I demand to be switched to a different group. I want to go into surgery. So I need as much time as possible to study. And she just looks me in the eyes and she goes, it'll all be okay. And she just calms you. Dr. Whitlock, for those of you who go and have her as your advisor, she is the most kind, loving, amazing woman. And so honestly, everyone, every single person at that Asheville campus just cares so much about you and they will do everything they can for you. And so they all collectively just kind of, you know, calmed me down, spoke to me in very calm voices and said, you'll be okay. And here I am now. Yeah, we're not even there yet. And we already feel that. Absolutely. Yeah. Like we've been welcomed. They're so flexible with us. They're so helpful. They're so nice. Like we're already feeling that. So it's very communicative. Excited. And I think like that's that's really nice. There's a lot of shared decision making even with them. And that's really cool. I, I, something that I learned talking to medical students from across the country is third year is really hard. That's not something new. But most campuses don't give you the flexibility that the Asheville campus does, you know. And when I would talk about how, oh, gosh, yeah, I had my shelf scheduled for this, but then I got the flu and my grandfather died and I and I had to reschedule. They were like, you you rescheduled your shelf exam? And I was like, yeah, I just I just emailed them and they moved it to a different day. And they're like, what? Like, and they they were even more blown away by the fact that I was able to take the shelf exam on my own with just someone sitting in the room with me as a proctor. They were like, they took time out of their day to proctor your – and I was like, yes. And so it's – this is very unique, not just at UNC but across the country. Yeah, I, w I would say I – I got married during third year. So uh, I guess that goes to say also that I took like two entire weeks off and had a whole honeymoon and everything wedged into that. And it, I did not have to take a single excuse day for that. I just rearranged my schedule. Um, my family goes to the beach every year. I also took a week for that. Uh, and I just communicated with the leadership and with the the physicians that I was working with and just said, hey, can I make it up on these days? Can I work around it? And they're like, absolutely. You know, as long as you get the days in, as long as you get the hours in, um, there's a ton of flexibility and I can't reinforce that enough. So, you know, if I have time to take a week of vacation with my family and then take a two week honeymoon and like none of that be excuse days because I just made it up at other times, I, I think that really speaks a lot. 
And we'll probably get to this in the coming up questions, but was that's different from your flex week, yes. I assume. Yes. Okay. See, all this stuff is coming up. We're like getting to it very yeah. soon. But like, you know, it's just it's we're so excited about it. It just all comes out all at once. But we've been talking about shelf exams, right? So um, just to kind of dive into that just a little bit more, Amir, you mentioned, you know, it's really unique that these shelf exams are self-scheduled. Yes. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about how that self-scheduling actually works at absolutely. Asheville? Yeah, absolutely. So in your third year, you have kind of a list of exams that you have to take no matter where you are. So that's the shelf exams. That's basically just like a subject exam for a specific rotation. And then you have the OSCEs, which don't ask me what the OSCE stands for, but it's basically a standardized patient that you have to, you know, go see, answer questions after. Um, but what they do is they just give you a list of the different shelves. So you have psych, you have family medicine, surgery, and so on. And then they let you take a look at your own schedule. So for us, for example, we had inpatient last. So I was able to look at my schedule and say, okay, I'm doing OB-GYN in November. That means that I should probably take my OB-GYN shelf after that. Like I don't want to take it before I've done my labor and delivery rotation. And so they really work with you to take a look at your schedule and say, okay, your internal medicine, that's coming up at the beginning. So maybe you want to start with medicine. I know that's a big one, but... Getting that out of the way first leaves you room to study for other things. And it's so individualized. You, we would walk into the room for our shelf exams and we all take them in the same space. And you would be taking one exam. The person next to you would be taking another. No two people would be sitting next to each other taking the same exam. Um, and that's because Asheville is just so independent. Um, now, if you're someone who had their inpatient at the beginning of the year, that leaves you with a little bit more room to kind of wiggle through and say, okay, I want to go into pediatrics. That means I should probably do my best to honor or get honors on that exam. So I'm going to put that last so that I know that I have all of the information ready and like I've studied for everything and then all I'm focusing on is pediatrics at the end. And so it lets you kind of decide what's important to you. For me, it was surgery. And I put surgery last and surgery was the best exam I had because I had all of this previous knowledge ready to go. So you're not stuck to a date. You're not stuck to an order. And you're not stuck to even the days that you originally sign up for. It's really flexible and they want to make sure that you personally can do the best that you possibly can do. I have two quick follow-ups. Yeah. When you say last, you mean by in the last block? So like if you start with inpatient you don't take peds, for example, during inpatient, you just wait and take it like after you've already spent like eight months. Yeah. So they don't even think of them as blocks, honestly. Um, it's kind of like, okay, starting in September, you're going to want to start taking some exams. Mm. And so they break down, they say, okay, there's exam days, the first week of September, the last week of September, there's four days in October, so on and so forth. And so when I say I took surgery last, I just mean I scheduled it as the very last exam that I took. It wasn't based on a schedule. It wasn't based on a specific block. It was just whatever worked best for my schedule. No, I was going to say, and I think there's also when people hear that you take your shelf exams at the end of the year, quote, in Asheville, a lot of people panic and envision taking like five in a week, like right. one every day. The end of the year is more like the latter half. Like my shelf exam schedule, I took one exam a month for the last six months. Yeah. And like I had a whole month to dedicate to one subject at a time. It, it is not you have enough time. You don't feel like you're cramming them all at the very end if you don't want to. And real quick, are the shelf exams 
similar to the MBMEs we're taking right now, or are they more similar to like step one where it's in like a seven, eight hour <laughs> That's exam? a good question. So um, all of them except for one, I believe psych is a little shorter. Family but Med. Family Med is shorter, but they're all 110 questions. And it's what? Two and a half hours? Two two to three hours. Yeah. Something in that range. So or until you finish. We're training right now. Good. We'll yeah. be okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, honestly, after you take step one, taking a shelf is like whew, nothing. Um, That's comforting. But honestly, then studying for step two, you're thinking, how am I going to do eight hours? But you realize... Oh, I get a break after every session? Like, that's amazing. <laughs> you do 40 questions and you go, you know, drink a cup of coffee and it's like nothing. So, it, you know, it all builds. It all builds on each other. Still on the topic of shelf exams, as you guys were mentioning that they are more self-scheduled and self-directed, that also means students have to be self-directed with their studying. How did you approach self-directed learning and study regularly without much formal structure? And are there any resources that were particularly helpful for studying during third year? So this is a fun one. I was going to say, do you want to, do you want what Honest I tell take. my tutor, my 2Ds or what I actually did? Because those <laughs> are two I different say, things. Not as I do? Yeah, <laughs> What's going exactly. on? <laughs> the, the one thing that is horrifying at the time, but in retrospect, I loved during your orientation week, Asheville gives you every assignment for the entire year that you have to do. For us, they send it like on a Google list. And a lot of these due dates were like, 11 months down the road, right? And you're like, that's not even a real number. So I, I think it's like, it's scary to see all of that. But on the bright side, like you have a year to do these assignments. So you can plan it however you want to. And you have the whole year, you know, you have the white space to fit it in. You have the days when you can organize with your clinic half days. And like you you have basically the, the liberty to schedule it however you want it. Uh, they often, you know, the admin will check in on it and make sure that you're not just like playing nine holes of golf every day um, after clinic. But at the same time, time uh i don't even golf i don't know why that came <laughs> <out>. <laughs> do you golf <laughs> but uh i i think it is it's very you have to be self-driven because you can dig yourself into that hole of putting too much stuff at the end you know it's nice but like every everybody wants to go on hikes during leaf season everybody wants to go to the breweries right so it's it's hard to fit all that stuff in uh, I think it's just constantly checking back on that list. And for me, I'd be like, okay, I want to knock at least one or two things off this this mega list today. And it just slowly you chip away at it, chip away at it, chip away at it, chip away at it over the course of the entire year. And you have enough time to easily fit those assignments in. Uh, as far as studying goes, UWorld doesn't go away. It, it is by far the major crux. In step two dedicated, it is the only thing that you will probably use to study. You know, sun up to sundown. Well, no, you step two studying is much more chill. But it, it's the only resource you really fall back on, and you're just kind of slowly chipping away at you world. There's other paper books. There's like case files. I think as you go into third year, it gets a lot more practice question focused. You're kind of done on the days of watching videos, unless it's something like there's a site called Online MedEd, which is a very helpful site. But otherwise, I think watching videos and reading textbooks mostly goes out the window, and it's so much on practice questions and answers. I think the key to getting through all of the requirements, because it really is a lot of stuff when you first get it in orientation, is really sit with it that first week and just think, okay, how can I actively do this? 
Or you could just have a roommate who's really good at doing that. And then you just steal their uh, schedule. Here's the tea. Yes, the tea. <laughs> the tea is here. Um, and thank God for Aaron because he would text me. He'd be like, Amir, by the way, this is due next week. And I'm like, what? Um, so don't listen to me when I say <laughs> like. See, it's funny because I'm over here thinking like, I definitely stole Amir's handy spreadsheet where he had all everything <laughs> tracked out. So um, no, the end like, of the yang. I drafted it all out, but then I didn't follow through. <laughs> so you complimented each yeah, other. Yeah, exactly. Like someone did the structure. The other person did the execution. Exactly. Yeah, there you go. And, and I it's yeah you need that you need both um but when it comes to studying i this is the thing that i tell everybody after i did app phase take your first two months definitely your first month take it off from studying do not study and i'm not saying this to be like you're gonna be fine but you need a break step one studying is the hardest studying you will ever do in medical school I can promise you that because you're not only are you going through some stuff that you didn't quite understand the first time, but you're realizing how much stuff you didn't learn. And that's normal. That's that. I mean, every single med student across the country is going to experience that. And so give yourself a little bit of time that first month or two to just ease into it. Go and explore Asheville. We'll talk more about Asheville later, like the fun parts of it. Um, and then start doing UWorld every single day. And the the way that I organized it when I actually did it, which was rare, but when I did it, the best way to do it is say you're going to do 10 questions a day, okay? In Asheville, like we've been talking about, you have a different rotation every single day, right? So a different outpatient clinic. So I would do five internal medicine questions every day, regardless of what where I was. And then I would do five of whatever clinic I had that day. So on Monday, it was five internal med and then five more internal med. On Tuesday, it was five internal med and then five psych. Wednesday, I did five peds and so on. So that way, because one, there's just so many more internal med questions to get through. Um, but also because that's super applicable no matter what rotation you're on. And that way you just start getting a little taste of each of those um, specialties. And then when it comes time to actually studying for your shelves, then you can kind of really get a little bit more serious about, okay, now I'm going to do 20 questions a day. Now I'm going to definitely the best thing that anyone ever told me was like, don't try and do 150 questions a day. You're not going to learn from that. You're not. Not the way that you need to. Cut it down to something that's actually doable and then give yourself grace when you don't do it. Because at the end of the day, you're a human. Um, I liked Anki towards the second half just because like what I would do is I would um, do a question, see what I got wrong, and then I would make a, a Anki card um, rather than trying to find one. Uh, mainly because I would just keep on suspending cards and all of a sudden I would have like 2,000 cards unsuspended and I'm like, how do I do this? So I would just narrow it down to like what is the objective like what is the objective of this question is it asking me about pulmonary embolism great let me make a very specific Anki card for that and then move on um, that way at the end of the week it wasn't that much Anki to do um, and then online med ed it's the best video because I know a lot of people don't really learn well from reading they they, they want to have a video in front of them um, and online med ed has broken things down into different subjects and then within that different sub like sub subjects i guess um i will say they're not it's not the most um detailed so 
use it as a guiding tool to figure out, okay, he fe- he spent a lot more time on these antiarrhythmics than I thought I was going to need. So I'm going to do a little bit of a deeper dive into that. That was very helpful, y'all. Thank you. So, so far, we've been talking about this, right? But flexibility, it's a recurring theme with the Asheville campus. And we've already talked about it in the context of shelf exams and self-directed learning. But can you comment on how flexibility is even incorporated throughout the clinical rotations? Peter mentioned this earlier, but for example, we've heard of the term like flex weeks and that we get three of them during our inpatient trimester. What are these? So I think your flex weeks, they, they serve two purposes. Right. One of them is they're just a break from inpatient because inpatient can get exhausting. It's the same way that they scheduled, you know, an MS one year clinical week right after hematology. You're, you're so tired after immuno and heme that like you get that week off and it's just a change of pace. Um, so I think that they're kind of sporadically spread out through your inpatient um, time at that regard. And it's really a time to get caught up on anything that you need to do. It is your purely blank slate canvas do with it as you will um for me uh, i think amir also since we were in the group y i would take a shelf exam at the end of the flex week and take that whole week off of rotations to study uh some people that had flex weeks earlier in the year you know when they weren't self-studying they would use it for career exploration they would do half days of going to shadow different specialties that maybe they were interested in there was someone in our group that was interested in plastic surgery and went work with the plastic surgeon during that time Uh, i think you can get involved in research you can do community service Uh, a lot of people will schedule their emergency medicine shifts during this time because otherwise not flex week included it's very very difficult to do emergency medicine shifts um, when you're also doing inpatient so it's it's the time that like if you are going an inpatient and you haven't finished your shifts, you can squeeze them into there. So really, flex weeks are whatever you make of them. There's nothing scheduled during that time. Uh, there are a lot of the things on that big Google list of assignments that's like spend a half day in this clinic. Like you do pediatric subspecialty half days or you may be on a palliative care team for a half day. It's things like that that you can just schedule as you wish during those flex weeks. Um, in theory, if you were very, very good at planning, um, and you fit in all your assignments elsewhere, you could take that whole week and do whatever you wanted. You know, I, th- I think they'll tell you to try to fill it, but it's, it's all in how you plan it. So I think they can either be a beautiful time off, a week off, or they can be like, okay, this is the stressful week where I cram everything because I've procrastinated. <laughs> uh, it really is what you make of it. Yeah, that was mine. I'm going to be honest here. <laughs> Thank you for your candor. Of course. <laughs> I think like, the biggest problem with medical school sometimes is that we all pretend like we're perfect. We're humans. Oh, yeah. We're 20-some-year-old students, you know? Like, yeah. Well, I am. <laughs> and some people are mothers and, and parents, yeah. and, and they're like, yeah. they have their, you know, stuff together. Superheroes. <laughs> exactly. And yeah. I'm 12. Yeah, truly. <laughs> <laughs> just have a moment of silence to process that. <laughs> But Aaron, you read my mind. Given how busy third year is, we also often hear that it's near impossible for med students to engage in research during app phase. Does the flexibility of Asheville campus make it more possible to do research? And is that something that students should factor into their decision making when they're thinking about their campus choice for third year? Uh, I guess I'll answer the second question first. I don't think research should play a part in what campus you choose. I think that it's one of the least important factors. Not to say that it doesn't matter, but third year is the clinical year. Third year is not the research year. You know, so I think that first off, go to the place where you feel like it's going to be in an atmosphere where you feel welcomed, where you feel comfortable, where you feel like you can depend on those people during the hard times, the long hours, the stress of third year. 
um, and then find research. If you don't do any research during third year, that's okay. I will say with the white space and with all of the, the flexibility and free time that Nashville offered, I was able to get much more involved. The majority of my research came from third year. I was someone who didn't do a ton of research first and second year. Um, the publications, I think to date, every publication that I have came from third year. You know, um, some of that groundwork was late in MS1, MS2 year, but I think you, you can very much squeeze research into it if you would like. And also, I think that the faculty and staff there, um, there's, there's less hands on deck. You know, there's less residents. Um, so I think at that point, there's, there's more need for people willing to do research, um, especially you do a QI project as part of this, like a quality improvement. You can turn that into research. Uh, you can work with all sorts of attendings that are trying to get projects up and running. You can tag along with them. And also, just because of how unique the longitudinal curriculum is, um, and the ethics and humanism course also, they're, they're both unique to Asheville. There's a lot of research that goes on around those. So I'm involved in research projects with, you know, the ethics and humanism curriculum. So I think that there's definitely a ton of um, research opportunities. Yeah, That's super cool. I similarly did no research in foundation phase at all um, and then decided I wanted to go into a surgical subspecialty, truly the last block of foundation phase. Um, and so I knew I needed some kind of research. And um, Asheville gave me the opportunity to have space to actually do that work. Um, I completely agree with Aaron. Third year is not for research. If you have the time, go for it. And if it's something that you're passionate about, go for it. If it's the thing that keeps you moving and, and excited about medicine, please keep doing it. But understanding that third year is about learning how to be a doctor. It's about learning how to interact with humans in a way that you've never interacted before. You are going to walk into a room and someone is going to be staring at you and hoping that you are going to fix them. And that is a, a power dynamic. And that is a, a situation that we're just not used to. And it takes time to get used to. And so I think that sometimes people get so swept up by the need to be this perfect applicant. They're like, I'm going to do the research. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And all that's great. Yeah, go for it. But make sure that you're getting those primary skills because that's what's going to make you a great doctor, right? Um, and so, yes, there's plenty of time in Asheville to do research if you want it, but there's also plenty of time to not do research. When I toured the Asheville campus um, during my clinical week, I remember being impressed by their SIM lab. Can you tell us how to make the most out of this SIM lab and briefly describe the other miscellaneous perks at Asheville campus? An example, free parking, stipend for food. Uh, so I will let Amir describe the SIM lab primarily because... Um, of the other things that I'm more interested in talking about, uh, as you can probably tell from my previous financial wellness talk, oh I uh, I like free stuff. I really <laughs> do. Fiscally responsible. Right? Yeah. You know, yeah. we're 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 balling on a budget out here. So something that they didn't really talk about uh, in coming to the Asheville campus was all of those perks that are involved in that way, and that you do get free parking. Now, it's the thing about it is it changes like at some point we were kind of grandfathered into the physician's deck that that changed and we could get into the staff deck that kind of changed it so, over the course of the year i think the place we part changed but the most important thing is it was always within like two or three minutes of walking distance to the hospital uh it was always a safe place to park it's where there's a bunch of other healthcare people it's not like out in a, a shady dark corner where you're kind of worried about going there um and it's free it's always free and they will not tow your car 
I think you could probably park in the middle of the road and they wouldn't tow your car. Um, don't do that. But so I, I think the fact is like there there was always free parking to be found in close proximity to the hospital that was also safe that I, I think made it awesome. Um, and also the food you get a, a tab every month. Um, Amir is smirking over here. Yeah, I, don't know I what's think going this on man. Right I think this man went grocery shopping twice the entire year we were in Asheville. What? Yeah, I ate a lot of hospital food. <laughs> Wait. Uh, I think there was there For was real? a there was a point where um I would put my scrubs on just to go to the hospital and get food because I was too ashamed to walk in there in my street clothes. <laughs> You heard it here. <laughs> he made the most so of it. He I, really did. I will give him that. I, I will say the, the free food was very, very handy um, for me third year. I would be like, hey, Aaron, you want to go get lunch? He's like, nah, I'm going to the hospital. I got somewhere to be right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, and here's the thing. I will say they have like the best french fries I've ever had. At- Mission what? Hospital french fries. I don't know why. Second to none. Wild cars. We need to have a discussion about this. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're so good. And the, and honestly, like at the beginning, the food is great. It does kind of get monotonous at times. Let's just say that. That is one thing too, that maybe the options aren't in the hundreds. I'm someone who could eat the same thing every day and be okay with it. So maybe that's something specific to me. Uh, the the sushi also surprisingly good. Yeah. You get free sushi. You get sushi? Yeah, they like make it in-house every day. It's it's good. It's good. Um, But I, I think eventually by the end of the year, you're like, okay, um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of tired of the options here. I'm ready to move on. But Asheville's got a really good food scene. I know we'll touch on that, but I, I think that's how you can balance that out too. Um, in terms of the Sim Lab, um, I too was someone who was just like blown away by the Sim Lab when I came in toward. Honestly, the Sim Lab was the thing that made me switch from going to Central to going to Asheville. Um, I think that in medicine, a lot of the things we do, um, it's you know it's that phrase see one do one teach one. And I hate that. I'm like, I don't want the first time I do something to be on a human. Um, and so walking through that sim lab, it, you're just amazed. There's so many different simulated patients, let's say. There's a pregnant one. There's um, ones that literally will have a heart attack and die on you. Um, there, You can practice doing Foley catheters, doing NG tubes, everything. And during orientation, you get to do a lot of that stuff, which is really great. Um, but the thing that I don't think a lot of people understood is that sim lab is not just there for the med students. It's there for the residents and all of the learners. And so they're fully staffed. So you can go in at almost any time and say, hey, I really need to work on my suturing skills. Can we set up an appointment where I come in and you help me set up this or learning how to open up um, on a sterile field or learning how to um, do a Foley catheter? Say you're about to go to your I, pr- I promise I'm not going to only talk about urology, but say you're going to go do your uh, urology rotation. You know you're going to have to put in a Foley cath, both male and female genitalia. That's something that is not something you ever are going to do before that. And so be- getting to practice on something where you're not having a human screaming at you afterwards is great. Um, but we in the Asheville campus already get so much experience. So you start during orientation and then I think it was like at least once, if not twice a month, we were in the sim lab doing some kind of practice, whether it was learning how to run a code, whether it was um, suturing, truly anything. They they really did want us there getting hands-on experience, which was really wonderful. Um, 
And then, oh, something that they have that is really cool. And it was great for us because we were unfortunately part of the class um, that didn't get an anatomy lab for GI or MSK because of COVID. Yeah. So we went through GI and MSK without ever looking at a human cadaver, which was really difficult to then go into surgery and say, I don't know where the appendix is, you know. Um, But something that the Asheville Sim Lab has is a digital cadaver. Um, it's a it's literally a table that's about the size of a human body. And it is so cool. I mean, these images are literally taken from a human cadaver, but it's very interactive. And so you can it, it'll be like, OK, now point to the um, I don't know, name some anatomical thing. And then you would have to click it and the, the computer would tell you whether you were right or wrong. So it, it was like a very interactive way to learn this stuff that like we'd never got the experience to do. And so I got to set something up for the whole class, me and a few of the other reps. So Alexis Flynn was our Asheville rep. We worked closely with them to make sure that we had those opportunities available ton of pros. I do want to say one big con of the Sin Lab. Um, all of the simulated patients are so lifelike that they blink. And they I, pr- I promise you, the first time you see one of the mannequins blink, you won't sleep. And they breathe. Are you pulling it? Wait, is this serious? No, they they blink. They talk. They breathe. They breathe. Wait, really? Yeah, they have, yeah. Che- they have chest rise. I'm going to scream <laughs> when I walk in the first time. I guarantee so you someone cool, needs though. to like. No, it, it, cool? is, it is It is. very cool. It just it takes some getting used to. I mean, impressive. This sounds like an incredible facility. I will, I will just say that. I haven't gone to lay eyes on it. So, I mean, thank you all for it's like, describing all that. It sounds amazing. But that part, Aaron, we could have. Maybe actually, I'm glad you warned me. Never mind. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> you made it through Cadaver Lab. You're going to be fine. Thank you. <laughs> so, you kind of already mentioned this a little bit, Amir, but... Uh, Switching gears to this topic, can you talk to us about leadership opportunities and wellness initiatives available to students at Asheville? Absolutely. Like I said, when I first started, um, I was really involved with student government. Um, And so I was the application phase president while I was in Asheville. So it's totally you're able to do student government while in your branch campus. You can also be the Asheville rep through student government. But that's just student government. At Asheville itself, there were several different ways of getting involved and being in leadership. Um, Aaron, why don't you talk about what you yeah. helped with? So I think this combines wellness and leadership all into one. Yeah. So there's um, a program part of the curriculum called Mindfulness-Based Medicine, uh, and it's led by Scott McGregor. He does mindfulness and meditation practices for first responders in the Asheville area, so police, firefighters, et cetera. Uh, and it's kind of gotten its way. It's incorporated into the the med school. So in one of your blocks when you are doing outpatient, I think once a month for a few months, you'll have a mindfulness-based medicine meeting. It's just like an hour long. And it's just how to incorporate you know, mindfulness and grounding techniques into your everyday life. Because with the constraints of medicine, with the rapidity at which it operates, with you know the paperwork that you have to do, it's all of the things considered, it's very easy to lose touch with what you're doing and to just kind of zone out. Right. And that's ultimately at the detriment both of you and to the patient. Um, So mindfulness-based medicine, it's just some practices. It's kind of an introduction to um, meditation and just grounding. And it it helps you both, you know, you're kind of encouraged to practice it on your own time. And it gives you some real uh, techniques that you can use in the hospital. Uh, I think for me, that's become very applicable in emergency medicine. The the one thing that I picked up on it, uh, kind of funky, but it's like have have a grounding exercise or ritual. And I think for me, 
uh, that became putting on my gloves. So every time you walk into an emergency department room, the first thing you do is you turn, you know, hand sanitizer and you put on a pair of uh, examination gloves. Uh, and that's kind of my time when I stop and think like, okay, this is a completely new patient, right? Because it doesn't matter who you saw in the last room, whether that was somebody that unfortunately had died, whether that was somebody who was not saying the nicest things to you, whether that was a very emotionally charged story or whether it was something, you know, ultimately a, a minor, a minor complaint that you, you know, weren't too thrilled to see in the first place at that, that time to just stop, put your gloves on and just say, okay, uh, this patient is fresh. They deserve 100% of me, my full attention without bias or pre, uh, preconception. I think that that was one really cool thing that I got out of that. Uh, so with that program, every block has a student leader of MBM. You don't have to have any prior experience with meditation. I certainly didn't. I, I more wanted it as like, it was something that I wanted to learn about and something, the skills that I wanted to improve on myself. So I took on the leadership role. Uh, and I think that's one cool thing just about the approach to the Asheville campus in general too, is they encourage leadership, not only as a way to lead other people, but also to develop yourself. Uh, I, I think, you know, you can discover a lot about both your leadership style, your skills, your strengths, your weaknesses, everything wrapped into one, and also use that same um, skill set to benefit others and to help other people achieve the same goals. So I really enjoyed that initiative. I think there was a strong focus on wellness. Uh, the Ethics and Humanism course, uh, as prior mentioned, Kathy and Ira, oh. what a duo. Oh my you, gosh. You meet with them uh, so once a, once once a month, month, once a month uh, for like a three hour session. And it's set up where you write a reflection on something that happened to you that month. It's like narrative medicine. You yeah. Really? Go, <gasps> really? Yeah. yeah. It's so, so it's like a patient encounter you saw. It's like thoughts you had. So maybe internal struggles. And ultimately you, you meet in groups and you, you read that aloud if you choose to. You don't have to. But you read that aloud and just like talk each other through it. You know, so you, there's some experiences that you have during third year that are they're hard. It For a lot of people, it's the first time they watch somebody die. Uh, it's, and that, that's not something easy to, to experience and to go through. And, you know, what's even harder is after that, you have to see the next patient. It's like, how do you bounce back from that? Uh, so it's a time, you know, once a month to really reflect, to get your thoughts out on paper, to share with your classmates. And you can all kind of see like, you know, we're, we're really in all this together. Uh, so I think that was another big wellness. Let's see. Ooh, unofficial leadership position. I had the, the application phase president, chief of staff. Uh, <laughs> Clearly. Every good idea that Amir had, uh, it went through me first. <laughs> it did. It did. So, uh, um, <laughs> we, you know, we also had a group um, of students and I, I just texted our friend. Oh, she's texting back now. Um, it was a, of course, she gives me the acronym. It's CCW. I don't know what that means. Caring Connection and Wellness. That's it. Caring Connection and Wellness. Chief of staff right there. Chief of staff. This is why we have them around. <laughs> um, but they um, were a group of students who, honestly, they volunteered to do this. But Mayhek has money set aside for us, which is amazing. So CCW worked with student government, worked with Dr. Latessa, who's the director of Mayhack, um, to create these amazing events. So like one time we went water tubing down the river and then got, I mean, it was amazing. And they, they paid for all of our tickets. I remember literally <laughs> I was texting my friend I was like, yeah, I'm about to go to on this river uh, like little cruise thing. And my friend's like, I'm about to go into the OR. What are you talking about? <laughs> um, and so they would plan little events. They would plan um, just fun like dinners and things like that and, and ways to get people together. Um, and they really cared about caring, connection, and wellness. It's in the name, It's folks. in the name. It's in the name. But yeah, I the number of things that we got to do in Asheville because – Mayhack and 
um, really the Mayhek group of women who work there, they really supported us. Anytime we came to them with an idea, they were like, yeah, go for it. Go for it. And can we come? <laughs> like they always, like, they always so wanted to be sweet. there, which was so sweet. We can use some of our experience as peer advocates. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Sign up for it. Do it. <laughs> Little evil hands. <laughs> and you get to work with, like, amazing people. Like, getting yeah. to know everyone in that office is just, like, I don't know if you can tell, but I love them so much. <laughs> Do my, you? Yeah, they're my favorite people. Karen. Oh, my God. Shout out, Lisa. Shout out to Lisa, Jessica. I mean, they all are just, I mean, truly, they look out for us yeah. in every way, shape, and form. I mean, I can't, I don't have anything else to say other than I love Mic them. drop. Like I said, we're not even there yet, and we've, we're already feeling that. Like, yeah. I just can't wait to start third year already. Like, I know. I'm I'm really glad that Peter dragged me to yes. a little networking <laughs> event this semester, because honestly, like you said, all of those people that you mm -hmm. just mentioned, they made such a huge impression and such a big difference in me choosing to change. And obviously talking to you, Amir, and talking to you, Aaron, like, I appreciate it so much just like hearing from you all, like, you know, just really learning what yeah. Asheville is about to make a good decision was so important. And clearly, I mean, it made a difference yes, for me. Yes, you did. So <laughs> thank you. you you made the right choice. <laughs> All right. One last order of business before we get <laughs> to the fun stuff. We would like to hear about the clinical pearls for success in third year. How should we be preparing each day and what should we be focusing on during rotations? Gosh, that's hard only because I think that it, it really varies. But what one thing that you should go into every single day with is the understanding that you will know some things and you will not know most things. Um, and that's why you're there. Right. So I think sometimes the switch from being in foundation phase and just shadowing to then going into a room, talking to a patient and actually coming up with an idea, it's really daunting it's nerve-wracking and and it's the first time you have to do that and so I think the thing to approach every single day is like okay I'm gonna go in I'm gonna talk to this patient I'm gonna get the best history I possibly can I'm going to go through everything that I need I'm gonna do the physical exam even though my preceptor doesn't ask me about the physical exam I'm gonna do it because I need to learn how to do it and I am going to take every opportunity I can to get a hands-on uh, experience, right? And then when you come out and you talk to this attending and you say, I have a 68-year-old blank blank doing blank with this history and da-da-da-da-da. And at the end, just go for it. You will be wrong. <laughs> like, oh my God, the number of times I was wrong. It was every day. Honestly, to this day, I'm still wrong 90% of the time. But that's what we're doing doing. We're making mistakes so that they can say, I love what your thought process was. That's what's important. But here is that little thing that you missed that can help completely change your differential. So um, I think going in, knowing that you're going to make mistakes and then just trying, like just try. That's all you need to do. And I think that's something that I struggled with at the beginning of app phase. I was like, I'm not learning anything. I feel like I'm not learning. Like, I feel like I'm spending all of my time just kind of standing there talking to people. Like, I'm not really learning any cold, hard science. And then I started doing practice questions. And I was like, oh, I learned, I did learn that. Because just being there, just being present, you just absorb. You really, really do. Um, so give yourself a little bit um, of ease and a little bit of break before you get too down on yourself. Yeah, uh, I think I would divide it up if I had some pearls, like hard skills and soft skills from a practical level. Uh, 
get good at presenting patients. Uh, before you get into third year, you don't really have a concept of what presenting a patient is, but it's basically, depending on the specialty, anywhere from like a one to five minute spiel about your patient, um, just kind of a history, a story start to finish that ultimately culminates in like, okay, here's everything I got. Here's my plan for that and what we're going to do about it. Uh, there's a bunch of templates you can find online. And a lot of times it's given as like an oral speech. Uh, that is a big part of third year because you're synthesizing information. And uh, I think it's, it is a huge learning process, but if you want to succeed and I guess look, look like a smarty pants, like get good at that. Right. Um, and then from a soft skills perspective, I think more so than study habits than anything like show up, be on time, work hard and just be kind, which like that sounds simple and it sounds cliche, but that really is just how you're going to succeed in third year. Like take the whole thing as opportunities, right? Yes, you're working hard, but also like you're, you're very privileged to be there. And like it, it is an honor that we get to do this profession and don't take that for granted. Like every person you see, both coworker and patient is a human being. And you got to let that come first, right? You know, this physician that you're working with, you know, he may be tired and grumpy, but like, why is that? That might be because he worked in a shift all night and was in a trauma surgery for the whole time, you know, and don't forget that. And a lot of times you're seeing patients on one of the worst days of their life. So don't get beat down if not everyone is the nicest to you, because I promise you they will be much kinder on a good day. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's really an honor and a privilege to be able to be there for somebody's worst day. So don't get sidetracked by the fact that they may not be on their best behavior, but just, I don't know, appreciate the fact that you get to do that because I think it's pretty awesome and it's it's all while we're here in the first place. I feel like this was the most like Amir and Aaron answer. I'm over here like, feel good, <laughs> you know, make mistakes. And Aaron's like, here's hard skills. Here are some soft skills. This is what, <laughs> with very different approaches. Chief of staff, yes. president. Exactly. You know, there's a vibe. Exactly. There is a vibe there. <laughs> and I mean, like, Aaron, I mean, thank you for, you know, bringing up just to remember being mindful of how we're all human and just like the importance of grounding ourselves in yeah. that, you know, like truth every yeah. single day. I, I was just going to add, I think that, and this is something that's kind of like down and dirty into the grading of things. Like, let's be completely honest. The grading in third year is extremely subjective. Like the, the, the person grading you is going to grade you based off of how they felt about you at the end of the day, which is great for people who are super outgoing and personable. Like it sucks that that's the system, but that's the system. And so if you just show up and you just show a willingness to be there and learn, that goes a long way when it comes to when that attending is going to sit down and actually grade you at the end of the day. Um, and I hate to bring it to that point where it's like, here's how to trick the system. You're not tricking the system. You're just understand like understand what they're looking for and they're looking for a student who's excited they're looking for a student who tries they're looking for a student who is okay doing things that they're uncomfortable with and they're looking for a student who's gonna make their day slightly more enjoyable right like they just want to smile the way we want to smile you know so just being yourself is such an important part of third year and Amir like with you mentioning just the importance of being prepared for mistakes. I think that also reminds me of just like the idea of like practice makes perfect. And it's yeah. like you have to get it wrong exactly. a lot of times for you to eventually get it right, which exactly. is the ultimate goal. So and the yeah. best part about medical school is that you get to have it wrong, like do things wrong while someone's watching you. Yeah. And they get to correct you. Um, and the more mistakes you make now, the less you'll make when you're an attending on your own. Um, that's something that one of my PCC tutors told me that and that was really something that stuck with me. She was like, make sure you're asking all of the questions you have, because there's going to come a time when you are officially the person that people are going to like, people are going to look to you for answers. 
and you're still going to have questions and you feel like you can't ask those questions anymore because it's below you or it's too basic of a question. But never feel down on yourself for having to ask a question. Always ask a question. So we've had some great deep talk. We've had some major shop talk. Let's get to the fun stuff now. Yes. <laughs> Let's actually talk about how living in Asheville is. What were your favorites? Tell us about the activities, the study spots, all the food, coffee ships, maybe coffee ships. That's hilarious. Coffee shops. <laughs> um, I don't know if they have coffee ships in Asheville. They do um, have a coffee bus. There is a coffee bus. For real? Yeah, it's like a double-decker British like red bus. See, yeah. I just knew telepathically. You did. But even gyms for the people out there want to get some wellness. Yeah. Oh my God. Asheville is amazing. Um, so I I like to think of Asheville in like two ways. I think of the outdoorsy parts of Asheville and then I think of like the downtown parts of Asheville. Outdoorsy. Okay. You could literally throw a rock and find a good hike. Like truly it is they are everywhere. Um, something that I advise everyone if you're interested in going outdoors at all is download the All Trails app on your phone. Um, and because it uses your GPS location, it tells you, okay, these are the closest hikes to you. This one's really okay. I will say, people will say, oh, this is an easy hike. They are wrong. They are lying to you. Nothing about it is easy. It's a mountain. <laughs> it's a mountain, exactly. But doing it with friends is always fun. Um, so that is an amazing resource. Um, the Biltmore, you can get a yearly pass. And if you know someone who has one, you can get a friends and family discount. And it's like literally like 50% off. Um, and that's a great place to just go park, not the house, but like you can run around the gardens. The, the It's literally right next to Mayhek. It's in between Mayhek and the hospital. So it's a great location for people who want to get some outdoor time in between clinic and hospital and didactics. Um, so that's like the outdoorsy stuff that I would say. Um, downtown Asheville. Oh, my God. I, I can't even name the number of brewery. Like there's just so many breweries everywhere it's wild what was one of your favorites that you went to Ooh, so i'm gonna steal this one from you before you say it we lived like a stone's throw away from hillman mm -hmm. and we we have had a lot of hillman beer in our days we right? frequent that a lot it, it, it is not a touristy type of place it's not so much downtown it's right off the interstate but it is a very very quality brewery it's got good food there's a little patio out back by like a small creek river type area there's a bunch of doggos it's it's just a good time bring the, bring the whole family hillman um definitely good right in the middle of the downtown there's one called dissolver it's new yeah um, all the beers have really weird names but they're all delicious so check out dissolver uh, there's your other popular ones. There's Wicked Weed. There's Green Man. Uh, if you drive like 15 minutes outside of town by the airport, you get to Sierra Nevada, which is a literal compound. It's like multiple thousands of square feet. The brewery's there. They have like a concert venue out back. It's awesome. Um, there's New Belgium. There's Highland. I feel like I have to say, so like one of my favorites, even though it is pretty, I, I guess at this point, I think it's pretty well known. It's Burial um, Brewery. It has the weirdest named. It's like the darkness of the underworld or something like that is like the name of their like beer. And it's so good, it, but it's so good. But their food. Oh, my God. Get their biscuits. Like, I don't know what it is. They're amazing. Um, another place that I really liked was called Curses Kume or Curses Kume. I can never. It's some Czech name. You'll find it. Don't worry. But it's it's one of the, you come up to it and it's like behind a fence that has ivy all over it. So you're like, where 
am I? I don't know where I'm going. And you're it's like dark and, and all of a sudden you come up and it's this beautiful hardwood. Everything's gorgeous. So that has really good Czech beer. Wedge Brewery mm-hmm. was where we went a lot with a bunch of people because it was very outdoorsy. People could bring their dogs and their kids and everything. And um, they always had food trucks. Um, what was the one that had a Z name? Zillacoa. Zillacoa. Chief of Staff, 2022. This man, um, right here. Yeah, Zillacoa. It's like a brewery. It's 20% brewery, 80% open field. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's great. They they have they had like a bring your old Christmas tree and had a huge bonfire uh, oh in January, goodness. which was yeah. pretty cool. There's a river that runs down the back. Uh, a bunch of dogs. It's just like a big open field with picnic tables, and uh, they had like a bluegrass night. Uh, it, it, it was a good time. That's another good one. And like to be honest, I feel like every day there's a new brewery opening, a new restaurant opening. So what we just named, you may never go to any of these because there's all new ones, you know. So, but it's really great. Um, when it comes to food, some of my favorite food that I had was. Um, Nine Mile, it's this like Jamaican fusion place. So, so good. I would be remiss if I did not say Chaipani is the best food. I Oh my God, it's like street food. It's How does it advertise it? I think it's like street Indian food is what they describe it as. I saw it on Google Maps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it is like, I mean, it, everything is so good. It is so good. And like there is a line out the door. It, and really? It, it's wild. Oh, my God. But, like, Jaipani oh, really is, is so good. And um, it's unique. It's different. It's not something – it's not traditional Indian food. It's it's different. Um, I think it was named the best restaurant at 2022. I, I wouldn't be surprised. The James Beard Awards. Yeah. Like Do you that. get Pani Puri? Do they have Pani Puri? Yeah. I, it's called Jaipani. I think they, they do. do. I think they do. But I think it's, like, everything's a little different. Like, they have Sloppy Joes, but they're not oh. Sloppy Joes. They're, like, their own version of it. It's really cool. It's really, really good. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think of, like, other places that are – I mean, there's a ton of places that are not affordable. Wait. We oh. didn't even go here when we lived there, but Rocky's Hot Chicken Shack. Ooh, it's good. I didn't it's go like there. Nashville Hot Chicken. Mm. They have two locations. I went there. I don't remember when I was in Nashville last, but I, I went there. It was great. Uh, there's also gas station Thai food. Oh, my God. Uh, so good. You can't forget about the gas station Thai food. I don't even know the name of this place, but there's a notorious we'll th- find it. We'll th- find it Thai too. restaurant built into a gas station. Like you walk in and it's like scratch offs on the right, Thai restaurant on the left. And it is delicious. And they don't pay attention to you when you walk in. So that's how you know it's authentic. Like it is good. It is good. Um, uh, Forestry camp is like the people who run burial or like the chef who made burials food opened up a restaurant called Forestry Camp and it is so good. Um, I mean, honestly, I, I, we could go on for days. We really could go on for days. Um, Hemingway's Cuba. That's a, yeah, it's that a Cuban a restaurant. It's, it's a nice change of pace. Uh, what was the Spanish tapas one that everyone loved? Why am I talking? I'm blanking on it. Karate? Yeah. Karate is Spanish tapas, um, which is like, you. that's the place you bring your parents. That's the place where you're like, hey, mom and dad, you pick up the bill for this one. Uh, you know, okay. <laughs> like that is okay. not a <laughs> that is not a med student bill (laughs) that is a a parent's night and then limones is another kind of parents vibe where you're you're like mom i've really wanted to try this one place it's so good i've heard amazing things bill comes out and it's like whoop that's why um 
But both of those are great. And and truly, you could eat at a different restaurant every single night and still not hit everyone, um, which is really nice. So there's a little bit of everything for everyone. Uh, Mission Hospital Cafeteria. He's <laughs> going to put okay, a vlog. Stop. Fiscally Take off his mic. Yeah, yeah, turn yeah. him off. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're done with this. I was about to say thank you for the pointers, but then you had to finish on that note. Amir, thank you. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> um, um, thank you for your two cents. <laughs> not even. <laughs> I think that's a fantastic note to end on. Aaron, Amir, this has been so fun. So, so fun. It's been so helpful at the same time. So thank you both for sharing some of your time and wisdom with us. For the MS1s out there who are in the throes of navigating this process, don't hesitate to reach out to the upperclassmen to learn more about how they made their decision and what their third year experience was like. To our listeners, that was MS4 Aaron Fox and MS4 Amir Feinberg and a little snapshot into the Asheville campus for the application phase at UNC School of Medicine. My name is Anu. And my name is Peter. Please remember to follow the Tar Heel prescription on Instagram to keep up with our speaker highlights and upcoming episodes. Thank you again for tuning in today, and we will see you next time on the Tar Heel prescription.